0: Hi, and welcome to elevate potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry. And as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together. We learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. Like, what do you want to do after high school? And I said, well, probably I just want to like get a tin can and put it on the side of the road and play guitar in Nashville and see if I could get signed.
1: Hello, my name is Annette bedding and in this series, I will be chatting with Elizabeth. So she's in the hot seat as we address some topics that are meaningful and important in our lives. In this episode, we will be talking about how to use role models and mentors in your life in order to overcome limiting beliefs. Elizabeth will share some of her own personal experiences with what she calls expanders, which is a term that she learned from a role model of hers. And the impact that this has on her life so far. So I'd love to get started with just understanding this term that you're talking about. What exactly is an expander?
0: Yeah, so this term was actually coined by Lacey Phillips. I'm I'm really obsessed with her and the work that she does on the expanded podcast and with her hypnotic meditations through to be magnetic. I started listening to Lacey Phillips about like a year and a half ago and when she shared this term Expander, it was something that really resonated with me because I looked back on my life and realized how many of the tipping moments in my life, those tipping point moments where your whole life changed, happened because of an expander. And so, to explain the term, an expander is somebody who is able to help you rewire and change the beliefs that you previously had about your abilities and your potential. I think some examples might potentially help, but basically it's like a role model or a person or a story that shows you, Oh, this belief that I had that I couldn't do that. Well, now I I see that I, I can because this person did it. And when you're able to see that in the positive light of, oh, wow, they can do it and so can I, you start to open up your belief system and your view of the world and your view of your potential and your abilities. So I was so obsessed when I found out about this term and Like I said, when I looked back, I saw the impact, but then once I learned about it, I started to really be intentional about seeking out expanders and using them in a positive way in my life.
1: I love how you talked about the fact that you can recognize them in your past and be intentional about them for the future. So once you understand and have a grasp of this, it's a really helpful tool. And there's something that you mentioned Um, in your own reflection of these tipping points that kind of changed where, how you got to where you are. And I'm curious if you can share some of those tipping points for your journey and your trajectory.
0: The biggest and most like monumental one for me was, um, I look back on my sophomore year of high school and my high school counselor asked me, Elizabeth, like, what do you want to do when you grow up. Like, what do you want to do after high school? And I said, well, probably I just want to like get a tin can and put it on the side of the road and play guitar in Nashville and see if I could get signed. (laughs) I love that imagery. This was like legitimately my goal, like my plan, because I didn't know, like I had no idea. And I hadn't seen anybody in my family go away to college. And so I didn't even really see that as a possibility for me. And we had a very modest life and my mom and my stepdad—they would have supported me in doing anything I wanted to do, but I didn't believe in my mind that I could go to college. And he was like, "Elizabeth, that's not a plan." <laughs> and so, Dean Mac, me was his name actually, Um, and he invited me to go to the Cesar Chavez Leadership Institute, and when growing up I, my grandpa he's actually part of the Chavez lineage so we would always go to like Chavez family reunions and so i was like okay yeah that sounds interesting so i went it was at arizona state university and there the facilitators of the program my facilitator his name was carlitos and i remember him sharing his story of being a first-generation college student. Um, And it was just so impactful to me because I realized, like, just because I'm the first, like, somebody has to be the first and that I can do it. And I met some of my peers there who were not only going to be first-generation college graduates, but would also be first-generation American. And some of them, you know, weren't yet citizens and still, like, had these dreams to graduate and to, you know be in politics. And I just found that so inspiring that they didn't let any of the barriers in their lives, hold them back. And it kind of woke me up to these limits that I was putting on myself that I didn't even know I was putting on myself. It was just like this mental block and Carlitos and many of the other people I met there just really helped me unblock some of those barriers.
1: I love that. And I feel like sometimes it's easy to, maybe not easy, but often we reflect back on experiences or look forward to experiences, but don't understand like the emotion that was really going on. So I'm curious from, from that example, if you were to kind of put yourself back in your younger self shoes and like dig a little deeper into what it was like to actually experience this, like realization of this new opportunity, like, was it a big deal where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can do this. Or did it seem just like this natural progression of next steps that you're just trying to navigate?
0: Well, it's funny because I think I did have the dream hidden in my heart. You know, it's not like my real dream was to go sit on the side of the street and play guitar and (laughs) hope people throw me cash. Like that was just the dream that I was able to tell people because I didn't want to say a dream that I didn't think I could accomplish. And so I do think that the dream of going to college like was hidden in my heart. And maybe I would have shared it with, you know, a very close person to me. But up, up until that time, I don't think I really did and i remember after this program i came back to my town and i told my friends ashley and bethany i was like this program changed my life like it's amazing and so i was i was really hyper aware of like this was a life-changing moment for me. And I told them, I was like, you need to do it next year. Like it was, it was so life-changing and they actually, they actually did. So I think that just speaks to the conviction that I had around like, this changed my life. This changed my view of the world and this changed my view of me and my abilities. And I had always been academically motivated, but I didn't know what was going to come after that. And it was at that point where I made the decision like, I'm going to try to go to college. And I stayed in touch with um, one of the other facilitators, Priscilla, and it was actually through her, I got the same scholarship that she got to go to ASU and it was a full ride and it was part of the leadership scholarship program. And she was another expander for me because she got a full ride scholarship for being a leader. Yeah. It was from that moment forward where I was like, I'm going to stay in contact with these people and I'm going to make this happen for me. So I think I was aware of it.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds like it, especially if you came back and you were so excited about this experience and this kind of like enlightenment moment that you had that you're like, I need to share this with someone else because I think a lot of people in that scenario are just so excited that they jump into it, but you're like, no, I want to bring people with me (laughs) on this this new adventure and this new perspective. So I feel like that speaks a lot to just your values and your character too, because you wanted others to be as excited as you were about this new like worldview and this new opportunity that you saw.
0: Well, I want to make a note on that. And I think part of that was basically the lessons that I learned at Cesar Chavez Leadership Institute, because we learned so much about Cesar Chavez and his life and how he led and he became like a staple for me. And like, there are so many quotes of his that I still hold in my heart. One of them, and I don't know if it was actually something he said or something one of his family members who spoke to us said, but it's kind of like a colloquial wisdom. You won't find it online. But he he said, when you take the elevator to the top, you always want to be sure to send it back down. And that has been something that I have always lived by. And that's why like, you know, when I came back, I was like, I need to tell people about this. That's why when I finally did graduate college, I went to serve at city Air with you (laughs) because I wanted to go back and share with other kids in fifth grade who You know, needed that extra encouragement that, like, hey, you can do this. And so, yeah, I think that that really was the example that, like, Cesar Chavez and his family members who came and spoke to us set for me.
1: It kind of makes me think at some point, I would love to just do a deep dive into where the desire to lead comes from because I feel like that's something that we both have and recently I've had conversations around it of like but why what inspires it where does it come from what's the drive and what what is kind of like the core beliefs sometimes we're unlearning for ourselves or core experiences that we've had that make us want to not only take a leadership position or jump into something but also share it with other people because that is so powerful, but that's for another day for today. I'd love to know if there's any other examples that you have of an expander that you had in your life. That was a really great place to start.
0: Well, I went to the Natural Products Expo West. And this was like a huge catalyzing moment for me because I met so many entrepreneurs, many of them were women. And I even met one entrepreneur who was who was a mom and her kids were there with her at this show where she's presenting her, you know, new business venture for the first time. And so this was so monumental for me. And I like got pictures with all of these women. I like had conversations with them at the bar afterwards and to me that started breaking down this belief that i had that like you can't be an entrepreneur and a mom and have a successful marriage and that was so huge for me but i got to say like the biggest moment was when i met Wes Hurt and you know we just heard an episode from him but meeting somebody who struggled with addiction, specifically some of the same addictions that, you know, my mom has healed from and my dad is still struggling with, and then get clean, use his addiction story to create a business and to create a purpose and to be so vulnerable and so authentic about his life. It inspired me and it showed me that like, Hey, we're everybody here is like walking around in suits. There's so many investors and CEOs, and he's just here being vulnerable and authentic and himself. And it inspired me to believe that like I can do that too, and that it will be just as powerful when I do that as you know him. And after that day, I, I was literally on a high. like I had to like, you know, find ways to calm down because I was on such a high coming up with business ideas, like dreaming so big for my life bigger than I've ever let myself dream. And I still look back on that moment and just, see the way that it broke me open in good ways and in, in ways that like showed me where I needed to heal. And so was it net positive from the outside looking in? Maybe not, but for me, I see how it was a life-changing moment and how it broke me open in ways to show me where I needed to heal.
1: The part that broke you open, was it seeing his vulnerability or was it seeing these women or what, what about this experience was so catalyzing for you?
0: I think that it was, you know, Wes has two young boys and my, you know, my dad has little boys. Obviously, he has me too, but. <laughs> and I realized how I had like lost hope for him to like overcome his addiction. And meeting Wes and like just seeing the power and like fire that he has and like the creativity, he just reminded me so much of my dad. And seeing him heal and get clean and like make something good out of like, All of the brokenness inspired me that I can do it, but also gave me that glimmer of hope back. And I called my dad that night. (laughs) I told him about Wes and I told him like, dad, I love you so much, you know, and we like had a very healing conversation and it was in that moment where I feel like I truly forgave my dad. And like, now I talk to him and I can have dinner with him and yes, it's hard, but it's not triggering as much because I feel like I've really healed and I've really forgave him and I really have like compassion for him. And that was the moment that catalyzed me starting to learn to have healthy boundaries with him and like how to have a relationship with him in a way that's healing for both of us and doesn't take away from either of us. And so, yeah, like that is part of the way, part of the way of which it broke me open. And I started to heal these parts of me that had become really cold towards my dad and instead like grow with compassion and boundaries which we talk a lot about in our episode, Finding Safety.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. I was just thinking, I was like, hmm, was this what led to reading that book, which led to other conversations? But I think there's two, in the way that you described this event and this experience, the way that I heard what you were saying is that what you saw was a space with people in suits And someone being vulnerable and that vulnerability sounds like it almost allowed you to see the humanity in us beyond the suits behind the experience, because, you know, what we wear, what we present is just a version of ourselves or it's just, you know, this, this representation, but really at our core, we all have humanity. And that's what allows the compassion is what allows the healing is, is to find that piece of connection and that piece of love. So I think that's really cool to hear you kind of describe the process and what it led to after.
0: Yeah. And the suit I feel like is so like representative because for me, like whenever I put it on, I felt like I was almost like Superman and I had to like put on my armor and I couldn't be myself and I couldn't be, I couldn't be strong and soft. I had to choose. Like I either had to be strong with my suit and my armor, or I could be soft and like vulnerable and myself, but I couldn't be both at the same time because of the idea that I had about people who wear suits and how you're supposed to act when you wear them. And so, yeah, I think that was another way that it kind of broke me open to show that like, Hey, I can be a strong professional and I can be myself. I could be an authentic female leader. And I think that is where like the female entrepreneurs and the moms like really come in to open me up in that way as well, which feels a lot lighter and like, you know, am like getting tingly all over my body, just like thinking about it.
1: <laughs> it's real to you. You're not having to, to hide a side of you or pretend from a side of you. And that's, that's not only powerful, but a lot of us don't get to experience that. And when I say get, I mean, don't allow ourselves to experience that full true self because we're trying to fit into a script that we didn't write for ourselves, but we think is expected of us. So to be able to bring these two parts of us that we might see in our heads as contradictory, to bring those together and say, you know what? I can be in a suit and I can be vulnerable. And that's powerful is, is something that you saw, but also something that others will see in you and have the same inspiration. And the way that you talk about kind of this opening up of like your perspective too brings me back to how you first described these expanders because you have these limiting beliefs and I have this image of like something like closing you in, um, putting you in a cage as they, as she talks about in, oh, what is it called? Untamed. You know, you're in a cage, you're being held in and what expanders do is, is allow you to slowly and like safely see, oh, there's other options. So I have this mental image of like, a hair binder that's like really tight on your hair. And then slowly, surely it's just like being expanded and, and letting you be more of your true self slowly and surely and allowing others in. Um, uh, I'm curious if you know any of like the science behind how this works, cause it's so intriguing.
0: Yeah. Well, oh my goodness. First, I just want to say that that imagery was so beautiful and you nailed it. That is exactly how I felt. And, it also expands just like, you know, your breathing, you know, I didn't realize how short my breaths used to be until I started to become more mindful and open. And so in explaining the science, I think that that's like kind of the first part when we're younger, we have these, we develop these beliefs that are based on kind of like what we see. Then those beliefs using the confirmation bias, which is basically our mind is going to look for evidence to support our current beliefs. And then we're going to use that evidence to further reinforce those neural pathways in our brain that reinforces this belief. And then It just is almost like a, just a cycle, right? You're seeing this evidence, you're reinforcing this belief, and that is coming out in your thoughts and your actions. So then you're what, you know, the spiritual community would say, manifesting that belief in your life. To me, like, like a lot of people see that as woo woo, but it's really just psychology 101. Your beliefs affect your thoughts, affect your actions. You'll learn that in your psych 101 class. and so. And, and, but we have called this manifestation and for some people that term works well for them. And, and I love that for me, it didn't work because I need science and logic because I was in this place where like, I needed like something concrete, right? Like, and learning like that about like your beliefs affect your thoughts, affect your actions, Expanders allow you to expand what you believe because you see it with your own eyes. You see, oh, that person's just like me and they're doing it. And if you're open to it, you can see that means I can do it too. If you're not open to it, and I mean, either way, jealousy starts to come up. And that jealousy, if you realize, oh, that's because I want that and they have it and they can have it. So that means I can have it. And if you're open, that's, that's the mental pathway you'll take. If you're not open, you'll take the pathway of like, who are they to be doing this? And so every time now that I have that thought of like, who are they? I'm like, Elizabeth, that's something that you want. How about instead you think that for me, or better if they can do it, I can do it. And that openness expands like your belief that like, I can do it too, because of the neuro, like the, the mirror neurons that we have in our brain, that when we see someone else doing something, we realize that like, oh, we can do that too. Even more so when they look like us, when they have similar backgrounds as us, um, that just makes that process even stronger. So I can go on and on about this. I try to explain it in more like layman's terms because I want to make the the science accessible to everyone. But yeah. I
1: think you did a great job. Because it's like manifestation is something, it's like a buzzword right now where I hear it everywhere. People are talking about, oh, I manifested this. I brought this into my life. But understanding kind of the process of why it works in like the psychological sense of this, there is some, some truth behind this word that people love using. I would love to hear... If you have any examples of something that you've manifested, or I don't know if you have another word that you use, but something that you've manifested in your own life, I embrace the word now because I understand it.
0: You know, before I understood it and didn't really embrace it, I was like, "What is that?" It's funny because you know when I first, first, first learned about it, I would say like these affirmations, but I didn't actually believe them. And so I wouldn't see the fruition in my life.
1: I'm sorry. I just have had the same experience. I was like, I don't understand affirmations. Like I can say things, but do I really believe these things? And like the difference between once you actually understand even what affirmations are intended for and how to use them, it's just like, yeah, you can say things, but if you don't believe it, it, you're wasting your time.
0: Yeah. And you kind of got to really, it's not just saying the affirmation, which is what I used to do. I am confident. Okay. How do I feel when I'm confident? Let's get into my body. Let's feel that confidence. It's, it's like access that confidence. Let's think back to a time where I felt confident. How did I feel then? Let's visualize that. Let's visualize how I, how I, Act when I'm confident, how I show up in the world when I'm confident, who would I be if I was confident? What would I think if I was confident, right? And when you're doing affirmations, it's really embodying that in in a way that you can actually move forward as that person versus just looking at yourself in the mirror with that pit in your stomach, that pit feeling of I'm not enough, and with tears in your eyes saying, I'm confident. And the amount of times that I did that and it wasn't working for me, and I was so frustrated and I heard other people saying that it was working, honestly, it broke me and made me feel like this manifestation stuff is bullshit. And it wasn't until I learned, you know, beyond the woo-woo, how to go down to those triggering moments and rewire them through EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization, reprocessing, where you basically go back to those triggering moments and you reprocess them and you allow your child brain and your adult brain to communicate so that you can no longer be triggered. Um, You kind of become desensitized so that you can heal those moments and you can start to then use that as a foundation to change those beliefs. And so for me, that was how the process started was through EMDR, through meditation, and through prayer. It wasn't until I started to like recognize my triggers and heal them through EMDR that I was able to recognize when I was being triggered and like feel it and let it pass through my body and like tell myself in that moment, like you are enough. Let's remember a time when you felt that way. Let's embody that feeling. And then beyond just the, the, the meditation and the prayer and healing of those triggering moments, I would also start to recognize my self-talk and this is still a work in progress. Like I remember the other day, I was just telling you how, like I was telling myself like, oh, well, they're probably not like dumb and lazy like you. And I was just like, wait, hold up. You don't talk to me like that. Um, and so recognizing my self talk and starting to actively change it. And, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, like you got to actively shift those neuropathways and you have to like downshift on the neuropathways that were, you know, triggering and that were like self-critical and you got to upshift on the ones that are self-empowering. And that is like, a physical like shifting sometimes, you know, of like, okay, I need to like get up off the couch. I need to like go for a walk. I need to get, you know, so taking small actions too, that are going to like get me closer to this like goal of manifestation. And so a concrete example is I was, um, an account executive and, uh, in the small market. And I just felt like my, I wasn't living up to my full potential. And I kept saying like, I want to do a creative job. Like I want to do something creative. Like I feel like I'm, I'm creative and like, I want to hone in my creativity and my day-to-day job. I'm just not feeling creative. And so I think it just felt like an overall sense of just like dread, you know, just like, I just felt like, I don't know, this anxious feeling of like, I don't want to be spending my time like this. Not to say that it was that specific job, but it was just not what I needed at that moment in my life. And at this point, I was actually listening to Lacey Phillips a lot. And one of the things that really inspires me about her is like, she's really open about like her mom's, her mom's like alcoholism and like, she's super like open and vulnerable. And so listening to her podcast, she was definitely expander for me. And I heard her talk about, you know, um, this process. And so I was feeling like this overwhelming, just like sense of just dread. Like, I don't want to be doing cold calls right now. Not that I don't love doing that because I actually do. I actually do like selling. But at that moment, I was just like craving doing something more creative, especially we were like going into COVID. And I think I could feel that energy of like, I want to be doing something that's like putting good out into the world. And so I just started doing it. Even though my day job was account executive on LinkedIn, I just started like posting every single morning, something inspirational, something positive, something about like mental health and coaching. And it was through that, that my CEO and my chief of staff noticed, Hey, I think that you would actually be really great. A really great person to help like kick off our social brand and to like build a social team at, at our company. And I didn't ask for that. I didn't apply. I didn't, you know, put my name in the, in the hat. You know, I basically just felt this feeling of like, I want to be more creative and I want to do more creative work and I want to do work that really matters to me. And then when I started to get jealous of other people, I started to see like, no, it's just because I want that. And that's okay that I don't have it right now. We're just going to keep moving in the right direction. And I kept moving in the right direction. I just made, took little small actions. I didn't even go apply for a creative job, right? Which would be a big action. Just took little small actions and then it manifested in my life. I could see that same thing with like, I was feeling really dead in my friendships. I was feeling like I didn't have friends where I could be super authentic and genuine with, and that I couldn't like express my creativity and, you know, be in a creative space. And It's funny because it was my confirmation bias. Like I had these people in my life, AKA like you were in my life at this time. And I had these people in my life, but I wasn't that close to them. And so I just started to like meditate on like, how do I want to feel in my friendships? And I even put like this silly picture of like these two girls with like taking each other's hair and like using them as mustaches on my vision board because I wanted that like silly openness and freedom in my friendships. And then it was just this past year at my birthday trip where I like had this overwhelming sense. We were like doing photo shoots and like authentic opening up activities and activities to help us be more vulnerable. And I felt this like just tingling all over and like just this happiness, so happy that I could cry where I was like, wow, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, this is exactly what I was envisioning. And it just took like small steps, like little small steps, little phone calls, little texts that now not only do I have this amazing, like core group of girlfriends, I also have friends that I've met across the world who have similar backgrounds as me. I met people who went to Ivy league schools and who their parents also struggle with addiction, even more so who have, you know, fathers who struggled with meth addiction. Like to me, that was like, wow there's no way that I could have just made that happen in my life, but through getting clear on like what I wanted, how I wanted to feel, praying about it, meditating on it, and then taking small actions, I got there. And to me, that's what like manifestation is.
1: If you were going to give someone like a really quick. Here's a guide. This is what, these are the few steps like that you need in order to manifest. What would you share with them in order to do this for themselves?
0: And say that first, you really got to recognize like, what are your triggers? Like what are those moments that send you into like a spiral of self-criticism and self-judgment and become mindful, right? So mindfulness is really kind of like the first step so that you can start to recognize your triggers And then do the deep work to heal them. And to me, that's therapy. Like, full stop, it's therapy. More specifically, if you can go into EMDR, that is, like, the best way. But I know that for everyone, that's not affordable and that's not accessible. And so the way that you can do this for yourself is to, know, recognize those triggers, feel the emotions... Allow them to pass through your body and affirm yourself in those moments. Like whatever core belief is coming up, like I'm not enough or I'm broken or I'm unworthy. Tell yourself the opposite of that. Like I am enough. You are enough. You are enough. And just feel it and console yourself. Like to be the divine mother to your inner child or the divine father to your inner child. Um, and tell yourself what you needed to hear in those triggering moments. Next is kind of more of the fun stuff, which is create vision boards or, and create affirmations and put them everywhere. Like my screensaver on my computer is my vision board. Um, and every year it comes to fruition. And I think that's a testament in and of itself. And you put things on your vision board that you can accomplish in a year, right? You can put some of those like big dream stuff too, but like make it realistic for yourself so that you can really start to see it in your life. And then affirmations, like there are moments in time still where I have to like write down five affirmations and then just tell myself them, like I deserve abundance. Like I'm a de- deserving of success. Like I am worthy. I am powerful and just put my hand on my heart and just say those to myself over and over again, especially during times or periods where I'm being triggered. And then prayer and meditation, you know, like meditation, just feeling those feelings that you want to feel and focusing on the feeling, right? It's maybe it's, it's not exactly the job, but how do you want to feel? How do you want your work to feel? Because when we focus on just one job, like, oh, I want to be like creative director at Disney. Well, you might be closing yourself off to other opportunities that might be available to you. So focus on the feeling in meditation, pray for like what feelings you want in your life, like how you want your life to feel. And that can be to, you know, whatever higher power you pray to. And then the last thing is take small action, take small action towards these goals. And then you will really be amazed at what this can do
1: for you. I love that. Especially the last step, there's something that I heard recently about affirmations, even that oftentimes the reason we can't we don't believe these affirmations it's because they're like 10 steps ahead of where we are. So sometimes just finding like a small affirmation that we know is attainable, that we're not trying to convince ourselves of is a really good place to start. So like, if we really believe that we're unlovable, starting with I'm lovable, it, it doesn't necessarily trick the brain. But starting with I might be lovable or I don't know if that's a good example, but starting with like a small step that we're like, this is for sure true and and can't be denied is I think they call it ladder affirmations where it's like slowly but surely you can get to this place because you're not convincing yourself of something that's, you know, unbelievable um, to your your own self.
0: I totally agree with that. And even in loving kindness meditations, it's like when we do these loving kindness meditations, we start off with like, focus on somebody that you love, right? And you're just focusing on the love feeling like, oh, I love this person. Now start to channel that love that you're channeling to that person to a stranger. It's like, okay, I can love this stranger. Like, yeah, let's love this stranger. And it's like, okay, now focus that love on yourself. It's always the hardest part of the meditation, but it's kind of getting you there. Like, so maybe you start with like, okay, well, I believe my friend is confident and successful. Like my friends are confident and successful. And maybe you don't have friends that are confident and successful. Maybe it's like a TV character and that is an expander, right? When you start to feel that about somebody else, especially somebody who's similar to you, then you can start to express that belief and that feeling towards yourself, which, wow, this just brought it all for a full circle.
1: And there's something too that I, I tell people often um, about you, and that's that probably more than 50% of the books that I've read are recommended from you. <laughs> and most of those are also books that I recommend to other people. So I would I'd love to know if with this topic that we're talking about, if there's any books or resources or just anything that you would recommend for someone who's wanting to learn more.
0: So books that I would recommend, um, I'm going to give you two, because I know that we're just going to like be recommending bugs in every episode. <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm people, but the first book I would recommend or two resources that I would recommend. The first book that I would recommend is becoming supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I just feel like it is such an incredible book to open you up to both the science and the real stories of, of people and experiences that can help you realize you know, how this can work for you in your life through seeing the inspirational stories of others. And then the other resource that I would share is there are some really great hypnotic meditations that Lacey Phillips has on her website to be magnetic. And I have done some of her courses like unblocked inner child and unblocked, um, soulmate and, Those were really transformational for me as well. So I would recommend How to Be Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, as well as the hypnotic meditations from Lacey Phillips on her To Be Magnetic
1: website. I will definitely be checking those out as well as everyone who's listening should be because you never steer us wrong. (laughs) That's like always the guarantee. You never steer us wrong. So the last thing that I wanted to do with you is there's a couple of times as we were talking where you slow down, you closed your eyes and you were just kind of in the moment. And at one point you said for affirmations to just put your hand on your heart and just feel. So I would love if you're up for it to close us out with some affirmations that you have for yourself, for for this community, for me, for anyone in your life um, that we could do together with you where we take a moment, put our hand on our heart, close our eyes and do a little affirmation with you
0: yeah yeah and and honestly that is how I get into you know my happy place so like you said put your hand on your heart and close your eyes I also put my other hand on my stomach and just feel my breath just like my stomach expanding in two three out just feel your breath just coming in and out As you breathe in, I am worthy. As you breathe out, I am enough. As you breathe in, I am worthy. As you breathe out, I am enough. Breathe in, I am healing. Breathe out, I am whole. Breathe in, I am healing. Breathe out. I am whole Breathe in, I am full of love and laughter Breathe out, I am full of abundance Breathe in, I am full of love and laughter Breathe out, I am full of abundance as you take the next few breaths, I just want you to imagine yourself dancing in the middle of a field, and just light just shining into you and shining out of you like a disco ball. Just imagine how happiness feels in your body, how love feels in your body, just dancing and shining so bright. Would you just savor that feeling And as you walk away from this episode, I just want you to remember how it feels to shine so bright and to feel so light. You can access that whenever you need it. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Any links or books or resources or Yale happiness classes mentioned in the show will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for showing
1: up for your growth and until next time.